Welcome to the Old Time Religion Podcast. Here we explore faith, theology, and culture through a traditionalist and Anglican lens. I'm Brandon Meeks, and I want to thank you for taking the time to join me for this inaugural episode. These days, it seems that everyone is either deconstructing, reconstructing, or otherwise self-destructing. So take a few minutes, sit back and relax, and think with me about what might just be some unresolved daddy issues. Like many of you, I'm no longer a part of the ecclesial tradition in which I was raised. But the difference between me and one of those ex-evangelical malcontents is that I'm not mad at the world about it. I was raised in a fairly strict fundamental Baptist family, which is to say that my folks love the Lord, they love the Bible, and they love me according to the best life they had. Some people have told me that due to my fundamentalist upbringing, I was sheltered as a child. Now, I say amen, and I'm usually quick to point out that I was also clothed and fed. There are worse things than parents could do for their children than see them safeguarded against the insanity of what Martin Luther called this world with devils filled. In such a religious tradition, I suffered the unspeakable abuse of being brought to the house of God week in and week out. I attended a Sunday school where a sweet woman named Phyllis loved me to Jesus with chocolate chip cookies and a well-worn flannel graph. When it was time for service, I sat in a pew beside my grandparents, where they could make sure that I didn't get too rambunctious or fall asleep while the preacher breathed thunderings of judgment and then calmed the storm with the good news that I could escape if only I would give my life to God. Quite regularly, my family would pack us into cars and church vans tighter than sardines so that we could go to revivals, camp meetings, retreats, gospel singings, Bible conferences, and summer conventions. Now, I did not know until quite recently that this was a form of spiritual abuse because it did not allow me sufficient time to learn to smoke crack or sire a litter of children out of wedlock. My best friends were church kids. In fact, all of my friends were church kids. My social circle was pretty much a straight line from the Sunday school to the Christian school. And I suppose that's why I'm so socially deformed today that I still say yes, sir, and no, ma'am to my elders, and please and thank you to complete strangers. It is true that I'm no longer a fundamentalist, if by that one means that it's unacceptable to enjoy a glass of wine, to enjoy a movie on Friday night, or read from a Bible translated after the reign of the royal house of Stuart. And it is true that I'm no longer a Baptist. But any progress from how I was raised to where I'm theologically located today is indebted to the foundations laid down in the days of my youth. I no longer attend brush arbors or frequent meetings with sawdust on the floor. But it would be high folly for me to think of my heritage as anything less than the kindness and mercy of God poured out on a sinner who deserved none of it. Scripture commands us to honor our fathers and our mothers, that it may be well with us, that our days may be long upon the earth. This, we are told, is the first commandment with promise. 
Honoring our fathers and mothers certainly entails showing due respect to that immediate couple who gave us life. But it also entails that long line of godly men and women who came before them. Honoring our fathers and mothers means recognizing that we live downstream along the banks of history, and that every good thing that we possess today has been carried by the current of providence from those who lived upstream from us. They toiled and labored. They scrimped and saved. They bled and died so that we could live in houses we did not build and eat from vines we did not plant and drink from wells we did not dig. Every honorable father and mother want their children to prosper more than they themselves did. Honoring them requires us to receive their sacrifices with gratitude and then build a little more for those who will one day follow after us. We have an advantage over our fathers but only because they gave it to us. Such honor as is commanded of us requires humility. It means listening attentively to the voices of our fathers and brothers who have gone before us and upon whose broad shoulders we now stand. That we can see it all is because of their collective wisdom. They bear the weight that we might reap the benefits. If we can see anything in the distance to which they were not privy, It's simply because they are always there, undergirding us. It would be arrogant to look down upon one of those giants who's holding us up and imagine that we had hoisted ourselves to such heights through our own industriousness. And though we stand on their shoulders, they are in no way beneath us. In many ways, I left the low church evangelical tradition because they did their job well. By lifting me high upon their shoulders, I was able to see their own fathers waving to me in the distance. Those distant forebears held forth classical orthodoxy, a genuine spirit of Catholicity, a rich repository of patristic treasure, a liturgy shaped by the gospel, and the promise of a future that was not at odds with the past. Here is the wisdom of multiplied counselors in which there is safety. Here is a threefold cord stretched across the long centuries, often tightened, but never broken. Somewhere along the way, my tradition had found its father's house too confining and ventured off to make its own way in the far country. But by the grace of God, in due time, I came to myself. I arose and went back to the land of my father's father's. And there I found bread enough and to spare. Now I do understand that there are some people who did not have the good fortune of growing up in a well-adjusted religious environment such as I did. For them, the traditions of which they were a part had spent so much time away in the far country that there was scarcely anything left but the swill fit only for swine to eat. But there's a proper way to leave and a better direction to go than that chosen by many of them. Whatever else leaving may include, going further away from our fathers isn't part of it. Instead of trying to innovate and build some hip new spiritual paradigm from the ground up, how about seeking out the old paths, wherein is the good way, and walking therein? In so doing, you may just find rest 
for your soul. There is no need to go it alone when there is a great cloud of witnesses beckoning you to join them, and you'll find them waiting for you, standing beside the ancient landmarks of the faith. If you've become frustrated with shallow modern religion, then perhaps the Lord is standing on the shore saying to you, Launch out into the deep. Your fathers are waiting on the other side too, and contrary to popular opinion, you can go home again. So if you've had enough of evangelical fads and fashions, if you're sick of the aerobics with angels classes on Wednesday nights, if you're tired of sermons that trifle with the truth, if your skin crawls when you walk into the local religious bookstore, step right up, folks. Holy hardware. Get your Jesus junk here. If you're weary with the constant irrelevance of contemporary relevance, then welcome to the old-time religion. We're glad to have you back home.